Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another show of Pre-Match Muti. This is officially our 10th episode, and today we've got a special special for you. We've got everyone in the house. We've got Nick, Matt, Mossa, Selo, Wanga Denga, and, of course, our hammer man, Rich Fasson. Not even nice. How do you pronounce his surname, Rich? Fasson? Fasson. Fasson. Oh, Fasson. Oh, Fasson's not too bad. All right, Fasson's simpler than when I made it. How's everyone doing today? Oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. No, we're all good, man. Just, 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 just a bit, just a bit, just a bit sad. There's no Premier League this weekend, but what can we do, bro? Yeah, you what, just have what, to survive, huh? Yeah, yeah. We can survive by getting the Q and A from the people that are watching live with us, and we've got two of our favorites in the house. We have got Scotty, and we've got Marcus, and we've got Kevin. Where have you been the last couple of weeks, Kevin? Say hello to Kevin, everyone. <laughs> hey, hey, Kevin. Kevin. Just, just a quick one. A quick one uh, for Scotty. I know he'll be watching the Scotland-Serbia game. If they win tonight, they're going to the Euros and they play in England at Wembley if they win that game. So I think for our Scottish fan there, we've got to wish him well. Is it, is it the first oh, time yes. since like 1909 that they, they might be qualifying for something? <laughs> they're in, they're at Euro 96, I remember that. Yeah. What is that, Matt? They were at Euro 96, I remember. Yeah, and they were at the World Cup in 98. Yeah, yes, but I think I think in England, in England, uh, Scotland group game will be rather tasty because the Scots yeah. are always up for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's why uh, games are good. We actually the international tournaments need a team like Scotland to qualify because we know they bring the they bring the hype to the games and they make it very entertaining. Um, but on on that note, one of the questions we got posed this week was about international friendlies. What's the point of them? Are they necessary, especially during the time that we're facing now during COVID? We know there's a match congestion like there's never been before in professional football, and yet they're taking the time to squeeze in these international friendlies. Mosa, do we think these things are necessary? From my side, I think they, 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 they kind of like build into the whole uh, structure of football and governing the, the whole uh, operations of global football. So you'd find that in a period of uh, 12 months or a season long, that there were uh, calendar dates which have been selected for international friendlies. And that's exactly what they're going to do. They've probably shifted a few of them, but they have to be there and they do coordinate a lot more of the international tournaments and allow them to actually take place. And as you say, you know, like, uh, you'd want to see Scotland in the Euros, but they first have to qualify. and That takes playing a few games to, to get there. See, see, my whole issue, this, apart from we, we've got the, the normal manager's dilemma or the club versus country dilemma where we know these players go off, they get injured, case in point, uh, a Gomez yesterday evening, another centre-back um, that we don't have now at Liverpool. Case in point, these players go out there. And even now, if we, if we take COVID into consideration, I mean, we had also, again, another Liverpool case, we had two players come back with COVID because of this whole situation. My whole thing is with the international friendlies is when you go to war, generally as a nation, you don't have a pre-practice battle with another country, right? You go straight sure. to war and you fight them. So what the <laughs> hell are we having an international How do they qualify? So how do they qualify? There's like 54 countries in Europe. How do they qualify? Yeah. With qualifying games, not international friendships. Yes. No, but, but I'm saying like Scotland and Serbia are playing a qualification game. And then Georgia is playing Montenegro also to see who can qualify for their first ever tournament. So there's those... Quali- friendlies. No, no, they, they've got qualification games, but then the friendlies... Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree with the friendly stuff. It, it's rubbish. Um, especially now they're trying to squeeze in three games... 
um, in, in such a small space of time. Because, um, <laughs> you know, France and Portugal and then played yesterday. Then they're going to play Saturday and they're going to play again next week, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then the guys are only going to go back to their clubs on Thursday. And then there's the guys in the guys in South America. It makes sense. It's World Cup 2022 qualifiers. There's nine teams in, in, in South America. Um, only four qualify. Five and five goes to a qualify um, goes to a playoff. That makes sense, you know what I mean? But the Nations think, League, yeah, I, I don't like yeah, it. I don't, I don't no, but I think UEFA tried their very best to sort of get rid of null and void sort of matches because there were a lot of null and void matches. So this is why the Nations League was sort of put into place. So there was strength versus strength. You weren't having um, a, a set of friendlies and then you've got a, a, a big group of, uh, which I still will do, of weaker teams and stronger teams fighting to get into the bigger tournaments. Um, I think there are more purposeful games, if you want to call it that. You you see in strength versus strength. But I do understand your point, Claudia. You've got, you got a situation now where, you know, there's Nation League playoffs, Nation Leagues uh, that from, pre, from last year that still need to be played, and we're in the current Nations League season. But when there's obviously games where we need to fill there's an opportunity for friendlies. And I think mm. in terms of where the money is going, well, the idea is for the money to be generated by the associations. That's the purpose of friendlies. Yeah. Um, mm. And then obviously to get yeah. sort of uh, sort of game time for players and try different ideas, but they're not getting much money obviously now with COVID. Um, but I think these yeah. games are obviously organized well in advance. For me, though, Nick, I think, the, I think the Nations League's been quite unsuccessful though for me it hasn't been competitive enough because you look at you know some of the teams that managers are putting out in the nations league and it's like second string international teams you know yeah. what's the point yeah so yeah, those games me, could might as well be like friendlies yeah exactly so for me it hasn't achieved its objective it's it's as good as a friendly for me so i don't think the nations league's been effective enough yeah. No, and yeah. I, I think my, my issue is the only people watching these games are guys like Kevin who've, who've got money on it. I mean, otherwise people aren't watching. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's the truth. And yeah, you've got, you've got a team. And, and also, like, you've got... The, the biggest issue is that we have COVID. This has been a good time. Like all the other businesses that are happening around the world, they've been forced to innovate. They've been forced. Matt knows this very well. He's doing, like, workshops all around the country via, via Skype or whatever else that he's using. They've been forced to rethink things. Mm. Why hasn't the football industry that is so reliant on people coming to the games and watching things, apart from creating artificial crowd noise and things, why have they not thought of this? I mean, like, wait a minute. Isn't international friendly necessary right now? I, I get, like, the qualifiers that need to happen for the smaller nations, which can afford to have these games. But the bigger teams, where there is already an argument whether or not they should be allowed five substitutions or three substitutions. So why on earth is it happening? Wonga, what do you think about all of this? No, look, I, I share the same thing as you. I don't see why they they should be playing it. And I also agree with uh, with Rich as well, is that the Nations League has sort of, it's lost its, um, it's lost, it's, it's, yeah, the objective definitely not not achieved. And then I remember also uh, Tony Cruz as well. Um, I just read something that he was also pretty much, but he was complaining about many things from what I read. But I think one of the things he was saying is that if the if they had asked the players um, whether they want to play in the Nations League or not, it would have been a different story. They would have said no. But all these guys, they said he says that all they're thinking about is money, 
And I think so sometimes they must just turn around um, and and try, try and look at it from a different point of view because money is always not shouldn't always be the end game. Um, but in this but case, I, it seems like it is. I get why, like um, some some federations and some associations would want to have some friendly friendly play because they've also been devastated by the effects of the um, corona pandemic. So sometimes having the friendlies and having them on that, uh, that uh, the, the rights, the television rights to actually broadcast these friendlies is a, a big uh, incentive for the associations as well, where they'd probably then be in a lose-lose predicament if they weren't having these yeah. friendlies. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so, from the perspective of the players, like if you play for a small nation who is never going to get to the to a big tournament, these friendlies are your best chance to represent your country, and especially the only chance to play against real meaningful opposition, you know, the big players. So, mm-hmm. like, it's not ideal and it's a bit of a noise for these really the the, the players and- of the team have to go travel. But at the same time, it's it's like. You know, if you were that player, if you played for Andorra or, you know, you're the one of the top players in one of these smaller countries and you had an opportunity to play a friendly against a massive nation, play against France or Germany or Italy or something, you know, you'd, you'd leap at that. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, we've got to remember people, ultimately people play football because it's fun. People watch football because it's, it's, it's passionate and, and, and you get involved. And getting to see your country play against a massive team, even if it's just a friendly, you know, we can look at it and think, oh, what a waste of time because we support teams that play in Champions League, we support... You know, we support countries that get to go to big tournaments. Not everyone's in that same boat. And yeah, yeah. You know, seeing, seeing your, your generation of players play those games is meaningful to people. And I think, so it, in that extent, like I think we should make time for these games. You know, the focus on the money side of the game is ruining it. So I think make time for these opportunities where you can play games that are kind of once off and meaningful to the smaller nations and, and meaningful to the fans of those countries. I think we, we should be doing it. I don't sorry, sorry, Matt. Now sorry, to like, yeah. Yeah. sorry to interrupt you. Sorry to interrupt you. But um, those fantastic headphones that you have on, by the way, can we all just give a round of applause for that because I mean, <laughs> we, love the, we love the Chelsea blue on you, sir. <laughs> yeah, the, the issue though, Matt, is they're causing some strange like reverberation with all the sound or whatever, and it's causing a bit of an issue. So I don't know if you just go back to the way in which you were previously, and then we'll get you back on to finish your the, the last point that you're going to make. Um, and I but before hear. we, but 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 what, but further to what Matt is saying, further to what Matt is saying, with the smaller nations. You know, it helps. It helps a, a Cristiano Ronaldo to get to his uh, 102 goals. You know what I mean? You know, um, he's got like eight goals against Estonia, nine against Andorra, and all these. Yo, man, these countries, these smaller other nations. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo needs them for his records, um, and that's why they gotta play uh, these guys. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's an awesome I, point because Ronnie Ronnie comes in. Sorry, Wonga. Ronnie comes and he says, let's yeah. talk about Ronaldo going home to Old Trafford. What do you think? Juve can't afford his wages. Sure. For me, the interesting thing is, Celo posted something earlier today on Twitter. Yes, maybe. Maybe there's a chance for him to come back to the Premier League, but not through Manchester United. Celo, you want to take this one away? Yeah, no. Um, Sky Sports is saying that um, um, he's been advised to, to move to Wolves. Um, and, and I was thinking, <laughs> like, that would make, yes, make, make it Portugal's uh, national team, you know what I mean? They're just missing Ronaldo to make it the national team, and then boom, Wolves are in top four. Wolves will be in top four without a doubt. Um, George Mendes, um, which obviously CR7's um agent is, is a quite a quite a quite a big influencer at Wolves, and he represents probably like I don't know, like probably all of the Portuguese players that, that are there. 
Um, Andrew yeah. Nelson Sanchez, yeah. Sanchez is apparently um, rumored to be moving to Wolves as well soon. So plus him, ah, then then it's then it's done, guys. We might as well. I'm just happy. Let's be I'm honest. So happy Wolves, to hear you say you that were, Man United won't have yeah, but if Ronaldo. If Juve can't afford the wages, Wolves definitely can't. I can guarantee you. They will make a plan, guys. Wolves. Nah, there's no plan, plan? To be made. If you don't have the money, you don't have the money. <laughs> everyone gets zero, nothing and Ronaldo gets everything. Everyone, yeah, everyone, everyone, no takes a pay cut. everyone takes a pay cut so that Ronaldo can, can play for a season, guys. Yes, let's imagine. <laughs> no, I think, it was something look, they caused think, just so Ronaldo could come in. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the thing here though is that I think Ronaldo he's made his money. I think if the op- opportunity presented itself to come back to the Premier League and possibly break new records, I don't know. I think especially considering that, like Silo stated previously, it would mean that Wolves would then become the Portuguese A side. So why would he not do yeah. it? Wonga. I want to. Why would he wanna, not do it? To... Seriously, did you just say why would he not do it? <laughs> yeah, why would he not do it? Go to Wolves. Go to Wolves. <laughs> All bro. the Champions League football, you know. <laughs> hey, you can make him a Champions League football side. Come on now. <laughs> this be a year-long training camp for the Portuguese side. You'll find it. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be, they'll be ready. They'll be ready for, for for World Cup 2022, man. They'll be the famous World Cup 2022, man. They'll be challenging so much. The only player that's missing is João Felix and Jota, and then they're done. And then this will be hot. Pedro Neto on one side, Podenzo on the other side. Ah, they'll be hot. They'll be hot. All right, guys. Uh, like Barcelona and Spain. I guess they just have to convince Ronaldo to do it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And his agent owns Wolves, guys. You think that he owns a share of Wolves? So maybe you never know. Wonga, can can you please show the people a shirt can I that you wear? Rule that out as a as an option. Yeah, ridiculousness. I think we can know that that is not going to happen. I think Cristiano Ronaldo goes to war. No, they won't. They they can't afford him. He wants what twenty five million pounds uh, a season. Uh, Wolves will never afford him. Yeah, but you might you might get him. I just don't know if Ole will be able to to coach a player of that caliber. They used to play together. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't know if he'll be able to coach a player of that caliber. Uh, playing yeah, and coaching is very different. Yeah, he used to play yeah, with no, he's, 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 he's struggling with he's, he's struggling with Pogba, so um, he was struggling with Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, right, but guys, Ronaldo's uh, more professional than he was. Yeah, exactly. I think Ronaldo will end up doing more of the coaching, and Ollie will be like, "Well, very nice, very nice." Um, Walker, can you please <laughs> can you please show everyone the shirt that you're wearing, or the top that you have on? Yeah, show the yeah. show the jersey. Who, who's so, the sponsor of that team? Well, there's actually Adidas. It doesn't say it here. Adidas? Um, so yeah. this, the reason I'm asking this is because it brings us to our next topic. Marcus, you know, <laughs> our, our, our man Marcus, let's talk about the Bafana new kit and let's talk about the oh. failings that's, that's not oh, happening yeah. at the moment or the failure of delivery. Today I had a full-on rant with some dude who was arguing with me about the difference between a sponsorship and a partnership and, 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 and he was trying to point the finger at Lecoq and I was telling him, bro, no, 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 no. You're telling me that Stellenbosch are getting it right with Lecoq, but, but Bafana aren't. And I said, if that's the common denominator, then what is it? It's the organizations, right? So what do we think about what's happening or the hey. failure to, to present I, all these can things? I, can I jump in here think... straight away and give you some insight quickly with the, yes. with the, uh, the brand that I found out today okay. when, I was leaving, when I was leaving work? So if, uh-huh. you, if you actually saw they were in black, <laughs> black tracksuits, can you see that? They're wearing black tracksuits. 
Yeah, yeah. Yes, I saw that. The jackets, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I found it. I'll post it. Uh, we can post it actually on, on Twitter later for the viewers to see. But I don't know if you guys know a brand called BRT, which is sold by Baron, yes. Baron Clothing. Okay, BRT yes. is sold by Baron Clothing. The exact same jacket is on their, on their website and their catalog. And all that they've done is they've stuck a Lecoq sportive brand on their oh on that jacket. I swear, like to God, I swear to God, I've got, I've got proof of it. <laughs> I've, got, I've got photos sent to me earlier. The reason I know is I've got colleagues who we used to order from BRT or Baron Clothing. And we've actually, we actually get their mailers every, every month or so. And the exact same black tracksuit is being used by Bafana Bafana, our national team, as a training, as a training tr tracksuit jacket, and they've stuck a lacrosse top on there. Uh, furthermore, Senzo Muiwa got his tombstone un unveiled. I don't know yes, if you saw yes. the track that those players were wearing. They were so wearing, tell me like, they put the lacrosse the lacrosse logo on the tombstone. No, they've got no, a, no, no, they no. might have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Got, you know, they've got non-tapered tracksuits that look like a. My my primary school school tracksuit was better than than what they were wearing to the unveiling of the tombstone. So, you see now, so yeah, there's there's so many cracks, and I reckon Gold Lounge is someone who could actually post uh, something like this where the tracksuit's exactly the same. So all they've done mm. is stuck a badge on there, and they've stuck a Safa sign on there. It's actually so embarrassing. Furthermore, to that, how do Safa go and pick up the kit? Now you, the logistics manager or the person who purchased the kit, but you don't actually go and get the off-field kit for the or the tracksuit or the training kit. How does that work? Who? who you know Nick one of, the, one of the arguments one of the arguments I had with the guy was today on Twitter was that you know I said I was like sure you saying let's let's say Lecoq are the ones at fault here let's say they are okay is it not then someone on Safa's responsibility to be like never mind the kit is not getting delivered on time who's responsible for the kit actually like following up for it being delivered that, that's the thing. Like, there's no one on that side. They're like, "Oh yes, we've got a sponsorship. Yes, which means they'll do everything." Unfortunately, that's yeah. not how the world works. Okay. So my, you wanted my to... current understanding of this whole thing was that um, uh, uh, some kits, uh, deliveries of kit, were made to the gentlemen's team, but the the ladies' uh, uh, banana banana team didn't actually receive any kit. So it was like one federation wearing two different kits, which I don't know how that no, worked. No, Is that what no, actually I... happened? Banyana, 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 Banyana did get their kit, but I don't, know if, I, don't, I don't know if Under 17 got their kit. No, they didn't. One of my players was in national team. They all got a uh, Nike kit. Yeah, Under 17 didn't. Banyana, Banyana did, but Under 17 didn't. Okay, so it was just like okay. they, they, they got the two senior kits, but the rest were all wrong. Except, Do you know yeah, what the funniest was... thing is, Musa? They went to camp, they got that shit kit, and they were still told to give it back. In the last cap, <laughs> so now this BRT jacket, they're gonna get told, No, you have to give it back. Can you imagine? Imagine Zungu's just played for Rangers, he, he's shaking hands with Steven Gerrard, gets on a plane, and he's like, Oh, here's your, your 120 rand uh rain jacket. That he was wearing. Gotta give it back, bro. Can you imagine? I, I honestly think they, they, I, I generally think it could be, um, it could be a problem. Of, of 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 funds as well. I mean, when they had the the when they got sponsored the 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 Nike kits as well. I mean, when they had the Nike as a sponsor, Adidas as a sponsor, I, I, we never saw these problems. Uh, never had problems. Nike, Adidas never had problems. 
Yeah, so yeah, the, first time we, the first time Why we experienced they not a problem. Problems? Remember the first time we experienced the problem was not 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 even the Pafana kit, but remember when uh, we had the last was the last Olympics when those guys came yeah. in there. No, the but that one was the those tracksuits. Where everybody yeah, but that, like yeah, but those that's apparently. That, uh... <laughs> I don't want to even. I don't want to even say um, what exactly I I know about it because nothing nothing has been uh, let's say proven. But it yeah, was. I also, uh, also, also don't want to say why, what I know about it. Let's rather. Let's uh, rather guys, yeah, yeah. So we won't go there. Arsenal-Manchester-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition-Superstition
um, your 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 tennis, uh, your swimming. Cricket's headed the Everyone same way, by the way. Yeah, right? cricket's worse. No <laughs> ways. But sorry, continue, continue. Only, yeah. only rugby. But, you see, rugby is only that run well in the country. Otherwise, yeah. everything else is rubbish. But <laughs> but you look at. I mean, if you if you just look at people wonder and they think. Um, they look at the sports and they say, why, why, why aren't we winning? Why aren't you doing this? But I mean, if it's small things like admin, you can't sort out admin. Like, at guys spent, uh, just to get a kid today on time. I mean, this, these are small things, you know. If you can't sort these things out, then you, can't, you can forget about the bigger picture in it all. And that's just yeah. my opinion on it, you know. So the other yeah. guys, the other countries, you, I mean, I don't even mention names, but, you know, they, this is, this is, I mean, you, you know, this is this is like it's, it's it's as big as a big business deal. You know, they treat it like that. Yeah, it's there's the the standard is high, and I think that's just the difference of it. It's actually quite shocking yeah. to see our guys. And it's also it it's a combination of the patriotism and the pride they take in it, and understand that you know they're representing. And technically, if we are saying the whole putting yes. the war analogy in there, they're fighting for their country. But keeping it on to before we move to the Premier League and those sort of questions, we're going to keep it within the national ranking system and international football. So Pung, one of Selo's good friends, asked the question, and you know, I just he likes he sees just to before I, I pose the question, he sees the world in a very different way. So the question he's asked, the question he's asked is that what are the points of the national rankings? Because do they not hinder a country like South Africa to give our players a chance to go play overseas? They hinder yeah, countries no, which no. are struggling, like uh, they hinder countries which um don't have international players that are playing well at that uh, platform. So if you do find like uh, countries that are, let's say France or Ivory Coast or Senegal or Egypt, they they rank fairly fairly highly in the global rankings, and that allows them to then make those transitions over to the bigger leagues a lot easier because they are um, international players playing on that stage. Whereas if you if you your international country's not performing well, but you're a good performer. It's very difficult to then assess your international caliber when you have to cross cross borders. I, I'd say that's my assessment of it. I think they're very meaningful. I think it's okay. It's okay. It's yeah. It's got it's got its uh, pros and cons. I guess yeah. The, the con obviously is that uh, one of the best players in South Africa um, for I mean for South Africa. I mean Pusitao can't um you know get a work permit to play for Brighton and he's lighting things up in Belgium. Um he's you know obviously he was playing in the in the first division before um was the player of the season in the first division then going to the to the to the to the pro what's his, um Jupiler League uh, with Club Brew um play Champions League Bernabeu what's Park Park uh, Park the Prince um scored a, what's his what they won the league in, 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 in Belgium and now he's playing for Anderlecht He's scored what five goals, I think, so far. Um, so a player like that could be doing well at a Brighton. You know, I, mean, I think he could he could definitely fit in at a Brighton. Looking at the the forward line of Brighton, um, he could definitely fit into Brighton. Yeah, that he can't like, get that the, For me, I think uh, your 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 I don't I, it wouldn't be a direct comparison, but I think uh, your your ranking would show how. How well you guys are doing in terms of your your development, whatever you you are trying to do in terms of developing your players in your country. Yeah. Um, whether it's you know whether you've got a, a feeder club overseas, uh, whatever it is that you, you that you guys do internally, I think it will it will directly show 
what's what's happening in your country. I think England as well, you know, I think we all know that every club there has probably got uh, some sort of, well, development happening in, in, in their in their country and they fare high top, they, they're in the top 10. Um, France as well, top 10. Uh, Netherlands, I don't think are in the top 10. Uh, but there is, I mean, there should be like in top 20. But I mean, you, there is obviously a direct link to what's happening. You get your country, the other African countries who are higher than us, and I'm referring to us as South Africa as well. I'm, I'm, I'm referring to South Africa in, in this case when I when I when I'm saying a comparison. South Africa pretty low, not doing well. We know how it is in this country in terms of development. Still not really a clear path um, to football whether it be feeder club or internally in our country. And we are far off it. So I think, yeah, I think it does. For us, I think it, for me, it's actually a good um, a parameter, I would say. No, I think that's a very good point. You see pretty much where you are as a country. My, my biggest issue is I just don't know how they, they, they actually, what the formula is for how they award these points. That's one of the things. Like I understand so, when they do really well at an international tournament, they get the points and maybe possibly have a friendly, but one minute, it's almost like your vitality points. One minute, you've got like 300 <laughs> points. Your watch doesn't sink and then you've only got 15. So, I think different games are ranked differently. Yeah, yeah, so if you're playing, so, and then also that's based on your opposition. So I think like a World Cup game will be worth a lot more than a friendly. Um, yeah. And then furthermore to that, if you play in a higher ranked team than yourself, it will be worth more than yeah. playing a lower ranked team. I think I think that's how it is calculated, yeah, so, but yeah. it is some sort of formula. Yeah, there is a formula they use. They call it, what did they say? They, they, uh, I just looked at it. it was the, the, they call it an ELO formula, but FIFA referred to it as uh, SUM, as in S-U-M. So they just exactly like Nick said, you're getting, they changed, they used to have it where it was 2018, they changed it, used to have it where they said um, they averaged the points, they just averaged the certain amount of points you won over a certain period, and then they subtracted it from your previous points. But now what they're saying is every game you play, um, if you win, you get points, if you lose, you lose points, and then they, they minus it from obviously your previous points, so they accumulate over time. And then it's it also d- depends on your teams. Uh, they say your your it depends on what the expectancy of your team, whether they expect it to beat a team or not, or and also the level of they also consider the level of the other team as well. It's actually if you go into the <laughs> the FIFA website. <laughs> Sorry, one guy just that came through from Scott Woodhouse. Wow. If you go on the FIFA website, um, the FIFA website, it's there. Like they actually. Yes, they actually got a, a, a formula. If you want to go critique it, you probably can because they put it all out there for you and it's not no yeah, secret. No, no, no. I, think, I think that formula was yeah. created when Sepp Plato was still in charge. Sorry, Sepp. What, 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 what Kevin says is very, is very true in terms of um, the West African countries um, and how they benefit from overseas players that are, that are like their parents are from... And then they were born in France or born in uh, Belgium Obviously, Belgium's got Lukaku, has got Vincent Company. They also sign as a 16 year old when they're actually 13 and they get all the development <laughs> and then they retire. <laughs> oh, <I'm being laughs> but yeah, but 
These guys, yeah, African players, how many of them finish their career at 36, 37? They're all done by 31, 32 because they've all cheated. Yeah. 100%. No, Nick, that's why I was saying Nabicator has so many injuries. Nabicator has so many injuries because there was rumors that he's older than what he is. And Michael Essien also, there was rumors about that's why he ended his career a bit early and, and so forth. The legs caught up with him. You know, some players... Yeah, those guys have no shame in it. So we're just looking at the... We saw the glamorous guys get out of it. I'm not, I'm not accusing them of it, but they, I, I, I genuinely think they have no shame in it. And the possibility of that happening is, uh, is... I think it's pretty high, in my own opinion. And also, but referring to what Celo said as well, like, you know, the guys, they, they take advantage of guys going overseas and stuff. But um, I've not looked into it, but don't you think that's... I mean, that was all the part of the plan. The parent goes overseas and is going to let his kid play soccer there. <laughs> Um, Monga loves his conspiracy theories. I'm just gonna. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. Like, think about it. Some of the players, not, nope. they're not there by chance. There's a channel. Some of the guys were playing in Ivory Coast, and they they had a channel to go. There was a channel there that took them overseas. It's all. It's all. It's all part of the plan. You know. That's yeah, okay. all, all it is is about setting it up. Okay. Before I dismiss your idea completely, I guess from certain yeah. perspective, there's, there's an understanding because there's a certain way of life. There are low expectations. They've got to work a lot harder and possibly genetically yeah. they, have, they have the upper hand. So if they get put into a structure where they can learn at the same rate that the other guys are learning, they can have, yeah. have that advantage. So maybe there is somewhat truth there, but I wouldn't say necessarily that's the reason they go over there. Maybe some of them do, but I don't think in this particular no, case. No, no, I'm not saying the reason. I'm just saying, I'm saying there's, a, there's, a, there's actually like a, a channel there for them. So let's say you're playing there in, um, let's say there's a, there's a, there's a TV Mazembe and then they linked to a club in France. Then that's how they feed through. I'm saying that the channel is there. That, okay. Yes. Look, yeah. Yeah. The players, we're taking them from there. That's what I'm saying. Simple like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the guys yeah. who've taken advantage of that channel is a Sam Allardyce, which is why Richard, how do you feel about all of this? If they had to cut this channel, West Ham, like Marcus says, West Ham probably wouldn't survive. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, we love our overage players, our has-beens, bringing them in, five years too late just just because of the name and the title um yeah i've 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 pulled my hair out year on year uh watching us bring in some really has been players i think um our last 30 strikers that we've brought in i don't think one score more than 10 goals in a season and that just says everything you need to know we've had benny mccarthy five years too late we've had mido five years too late it's just been a disaster uh, now, yeah. Seb Hall is also struggling, but who knows? Maybe he can be the one to break with Hudu. And then, and then, so, is that after he left City? You know what the worst one was for me was bringing in uh, Obaloa at 36 years old, um, just because he'd won a World Cup and a Champions League and it was such a big signing. I think he played 20 minutes and then he was done. He didn't play again for West Ham. <laughs> and we were paying him. Sorry, 80, sorry, sorry Richard. I'll let, you, I'll let you finish there. We've got a new guy. We've got someone else watching. His name's Christopher Lawrence. Let's give him a shout out to everyone. Say hi to Christopher. Hey, how's it going, Christopher? All right, now continue, Richard. What, as you were. He's killing you with Arbaloa, man. It's just because you won a World Cup. So that's what West Ham does. They say, oh, okay, this white guy won, won a World Cup. I think we can find it. <laughs> You know what? The only good player that I that I we brought in, uh, which was potentially over his time, was Alex Song, and he had a, two good seasons at West Ham where he actually buzzed in the midfield and yeah. he was classed for us. And uh, everyone yeah. said, "Oh, he's done, he's done," but he was classed oh. for us for a season or two, so it was mm. great to have him play. But I mean, the Obloan one one was a disgrace. He literally played twenty minutes. 
and that was that. He didn't <laughs> touch the field again for West Ham. So it was mad. Yeah, I, I was actually left scratching my head the other day when you mentioned that he had played for West Ham because I couldn't remember seeing him kick a ball, to be honest. I must have missed those 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, so now that we've we've moved past, into, oh sorry, did someone want to say something, Matt? No, no, no. I just enjoy laughing at West Ham. We can do that again if you like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do you want to watch the Lanzini goal again, Matt? Should I show you the Lanzini? Oh, that's not good. To move on from the the international the international stuff. We're going to talk about something that I'm very tired of talking about, but it was a question that I think at least three or four people asked on Twitter, asked us, VAR running the game. Where are we right now, VAR in the Premier League, as things stand? How do we feel about it? We want it to continue. Matt, what are your thoughts? So I've been thinking about this a lot because, I mean, Spurs have been on the, the receiving end of, of, of questionable VAR decisions, and we've also benefited from VAR. And... I think this is one of those cases where what's happened is the technology has moved on quicker than we've adjusted our rules and processes and stuff. Because, like, for example, the, the, the Leeds offside, the Bamford offside the other oh, day, where he's way. pointing to where he wants the ball, and that puts him offside. That's oh. ridiculous. You know, but, but if, if, you allow, if you allow a ref to interpret that, they shouldn't be giving that offside. But because the technology is now so pinpoint accurate, they're making these weird calls that wouldn't, that sh because we're implementing the rules as they stand to the letter of the law, and we've got pinpoint technology, the technology has actually shown the shortcomings of the rules, and the refs are kind of, they're not doing a great job of, of also trying to you know, influence it. So we almost need, if we're going to have the AI, and I think the technology is a good thing. There are instances, we can all, all of us, have got at least one or two instances of, of watching our team knowing that if there'd been a replay or some sort of technology, we would have got a goal. My personal one is the... The goal against United, I can't remember however many years ago now, it came from the halfway line, it bounced over the yeah, line. Carroll was the goalkeeper. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they in the game, obviously, because it was back when Ferguson was still there. But, you know, it's we've all got instances like that where the technology could have changed it. But what's happened is the technology has actually just exposed how poor some of our laws are. And I think we need to go back and say, if we're going to take advantage of this incredible technology this is available to us and it can improve the game, then we need to think about rules and laws that apply the technology. The difficulty there is that then you'll end up with separate rules for the Premier League compared to the lower leagues where they don't have that technology. And I think right. that's where we've almost got it. We've reached that point where we're now saying that maybe the elite level of the game needs to have slightly different stuff. If you think about, they've done it with cricket. You know, at the club level, you don't have Hawkeye technology available, but they've got it at international level. So they're able to use it and they're able to have that review. Maybe we need to have a two-tier system for these kind of things yeah. and different levels of interpretation. But... It's it, because it is a shame. It, it's ruined. This season has been horrible for that. And it's almost like we're blaming the technology when actually there are instances where the technology has made a really important difference. Yeah. yeah. But Matt, you, you mentioned the tech, which is great. I, what, what boggles my mind is, for example, the offsides. Are you mm. seriously telling me that the richest league in the world cannot just get a side angle? You know, when you have a sprint finish. Yeah. Surely that would you know, take out any inconsistencies we'd have with offside. You pause the ball as the ball's being played. You get a direct side angle. Every, cl every club, sh it should be compulsory to have side cameras. And you literally look directly across the line because, you know, the angles we're getting is like a 45-degree angle. And, you, you know, they're trying yeah. to draw perpendicular lines down. Plus, mm. the lines are way too thick. I mean, that's just basic stuff that surely <laughs> the Premier League, with the money they've got, can get right. So, mm. for me, the offside... 
you know, they claim that it's that it's correct and stuff, but I still think, especially the bumper call, how can Mike Dean in the VAR room be sure 100% that bumper's offside? You know, it's just yep. mind-boggling. And, they, said, and they, then, they, couldn't, they couldn't see Seko if he was in the same line. That's the best angle they had. Best angle? Damn, man. Yeah, the technology is there, supposed to like uh, you oh, know create like certainty. That's that's yeah, that's, 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 that's me because the handballs are cool, man. Listen, like um, <laughs> the wolves, the wolves, it's Leicester, uh, Man City, and um, Liverpool. It was consistent. Same handballs ah. were consistent. Yeah. Yeah. The rule, consistent. the rule ah, was ridiculous. The rule was not a football rule. Claudio. Claudio, oh, listen. The application, Claudio. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, the application yes. is consistent, but listen, the actual rule is ridiculous. There's, consistent, there's consistency ah. there. The thing that infuriates me are like the handball. I mean, the handball of 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 what's this Carroll against um, Spurs. You know what I mean? Ah, 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 that was a good call. But the offside one for Bamford, guys, that was that was ridiculous, man. And no, but used to have side side cameras so we can actually so they can actually see. But yeah, so every club would they need like three hundred cameras across the length of the pitch. No, you just have one camera that that can move that can move along. You know, the they've got no, the spider cam. of the pitch. You just even a spider cam that's three sixty and you just get a side view. It's so basic, you know. You can like, have a camera. You can put a chip in a ball as well, and uh, <laughs> the camera. No, no, you can. There's actually technology, and the camera actually can move in relation to where the ball moves, which theoretically should. But you're right. With all the money. Apart apart from the technology, they could I use all the front rows like seats to actually be the camera, like uh, guides and police just hoi them all the way. Nobody said. We thank the camera on. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, guys, I just wanted to say, so touching on what Cello was saying, and in fact, what you're all saying, firstly, to address what Richard is saying with regards to the the actual angles. My biggest issue is that these guys aren't artists. They don't even understand what three-point perspective is if I had to ask them. So how the hell could they draw a line and work it out per the millimeter? That's the first thing. The second thing to what Cello was saying, and this touches to one of the, the guy who actually asked the question, Nicholas Killers, is that, yes, and to what Matt was saying technically, the technology is great because it's there to give an objective point of view. The issue is, again, to what Kevin was saying, is that there's a lot of human error at the moment. And one of the issues is if we had to look back and say exactly what Matt was saying with regards to how it's being applied in other sports, at an international level, it's being applied. At club level, it isn't. Maybe it is the state where FIFA that did introduce this bullshit thing in the first place. How about they suss it out first and make sure that everyone follows the same rules? Because now the problem is you've got all these different governing bodies that go, no, well, fuck, we're the Premier League. We, can, we make the most money. We're just going to do our own thing. And then the other guys in La Liga are like, well, we're going to do our own thing. And that's where the problem is in the human area is coming in. And we all just like, no, what the hell? And then to, to the handball question that you're saying, Celo, yes, that was consistent, but it was consistently bad. And the issue is that we currently have a top 50 highlights of terrible VAR. Mosa, you're having a good chuckle. You chuckle at most things, so I'm never sure about what's going on in your head. Well, what do you think yeah, about man. this? The whole thing is, is, is interesting to me. Like VAR was a technology that was um, proposed to bring a lot more certainty into decisions made by, by using technology in the football field. 
and so far it hasn't brought any of that. You know, now we 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 leaning upon as Matt says this this um, gray area about where the rules have to be kind of like signified and understood well because back in the day when you spoke about an offside line, you'd say okay, it has to be the guy's feet. Then at the beginning of VAR inception, you found out it could be his uh, body without his arms. Now it's because his fingers are actually pointing out that the rules just aren't really, really, really um, defined too well. So that's that's what VAR is exposing right now. Like some instances, they're going to have to actually then get to rule where if a person takes a shot one meter in front of you and you're in the box and it hits your hand, you have to consider how high your hand is, if it's above your shoulder, all those type of finicky type of uh, considerations which you never yeah. had before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think for me, for me, I was just, uh, like, I, I agree with Matt completely. So I won't go on that, is that the rules are, are definitely behind the technology. And then, but if you look at soccer as well, guys, you see what, now these guys are focusing on just the offside and they're focusing on uh, the handballs in the box. That's that's the main focus on the VAR. But then you still get with the the how many times have you seen a guy take a throw in, and his and his and his foot goes off the line? I mean, his foot, yeah, Aaron, you've seen a lot of times with Bellerin. Yes, twice. Yeah, and then now you think it's okay. So now, if for me, if that's happening and guys are just throwing the ball and the ref doesn't call it, okay, get away with that. Get down with that rule. Then there's also times, and it's happened this season where guys have taken shots and it's nicked off a player. Slight nick. You can even see if they do the replay, the ball has just changed over. It's difficult to see it real time, but uh, when you see it in the slow motion, nicks off the defender, it goes for a co- it goes out, but they say it's a goal kick and it's supposed to be actually a corner. And they don't dispute yeah. that because, ah, it's a corner, uh, maybe not a Not important. But then why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they, but you can't have that. A rule for me is the rule, the games, like a match. Um, in fact, soccer is soccer because of the rules. If you change the yeah. rules, you're changing you're changing what soccer is. That's the sports the governed by its rules. Yeah, you're changing the game completely. If you if you yeah. if you're allowing the handballs, then you'll be playing something else. Not even rugby, but it's something else. So if you yeah. if you're governing a game, a soccer match, you have to govern all the rules. It may be finicky, it may be small to you, but you have to govern all the rules. And VAR, for me, the only thing I like I, I see it, it needs to yeah, it's gonna for me it's only gonna it should only get better and they should change the rules, but it needs to also it needs to add those small things. Like it needs to check uh-huh. it needs to make sure uh-huh. that the corner is a corner. Uh, yes, it needs yes, to check it, it, needs, it needs to. No, I would say I hate, but it needs to. For me, it's high. Silo, you're not here. It can't just check. It can't just check handballs, corners. I mean, they can check what happened the last 10 seconds before the goal. That's cool. But now we need to check the foul throws. Come on, man. They'll have to police if Belen is doing the brains Hey, but that's what I'm saying. By making sure they pick up their litter, my friend. Richard, you want to say something? Yeah, no, sorry, Richard. Sorry, sorry. Um, yes, what makes me laugh is the, the handball shirt rule where they say it's from yeah. the shirt down. Yeah. Now, yes. depending on the size yes. of the player, the sleeve is a different length. Okay? Money, money with the tight ones, boys. Up here, exactly. boys. Then, furthermore, in the West Ham... T-shirts now. Exactly. In the West Ham Arsenal <laughs> game, Gabriel, the ball touched him over here and, the, and it wasn't given as a pen for handball. And then for the Ban- for the Bamford offside as well, if you actually look at where they draw the line, go back to the to the visual that they give you when they give the offside. They've drawn the line almost from his elbow down. 
Now, how that makes sense, I have no idea. You know, if you're going to say it's a part you can score with, it has to be somewhere up here. It can't be down by his elbow where you're drawing the line. So they can't even get that right. And then for me, to finish with what really boils my piss, is when you've got Dermot Gallagher after the game trying to explain himself and having a fat chuckle like it's not life or death. I mean, these are calls that could potentially relegate teams or, you know, yeah, this is big stuff. And brilliant. he's having true. a big I chuckle agree. like it's a big joke. Yeah. True. Yeah, that, yeah and that's, that's so really true. The referees, and, 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 the referees don't Dermot see the significance of their decisions. Eh? The decisions that they're making yeah. are, are very, yeah. very vital to the team's survivals and the team's occupancy in the Premier League. And these guys just see it as, no, we have to understand the rules. We're just uh, going with the oh. times. It's it's crazy. It's ludicrous, actually, that that happens. Yeah, man. And then take take COVID in the mix as well. So these clubs, some of the smaller clubs are bleeding money. And if they get if they get the wrong sort of thing down, then they're really, really screwed. I think, and before before we move on, before we move on. Okay. <laughs> I saw that comment coming. <laughs> I Guys, to finish off, last thing, last thing. Yeah, to finish off this section. Yeah. Let's let's not forget that the uh, only reason why Aston Villa are still in the Premier League is because goal line technology failed at Villa Park. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. the only reason why Bournemouth are down and they weren't. Yeah, so true. The first game of lockdown. Against the first game of lockdown. It was against Sheffield, right? Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what it comes yeah. down to. That point yeah. kept them up. That's as okay. tight as it was, yeah. which was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. then Bournemouth wanted to to lodge a quarter quarter pill or something like that, and yeah, yeah. That, that was not oh. poor. They, they actually, they should have actually the VAR uh, person should have told the ref that, hey man, goal line um, goal line technology wasn't working. Can you please have a look at the monitor? You know what I mean? Simple. Yes. Yeah. All right, lads, yeah. lads. Um, and the last point is, firstly, let's say hello to Jason. He's joined us. He's a bit of a late late starter, but welcome. Hi, Jason. The scary thing about this whole VAR thing is this: these decisions are currently they're all wrong at the moment, and there still are no fans in the stadium. Could you imagine the fans were there? Added pressure, and they would have Whoa. definitely really fucked it up. All right, before now, next topic. Next topic. One of the questions asked was: Should Pogba leave in January, and possibly De Gea? Give Henderson a go in goals and bring in Greatish from Aston Villa. What do we think about? They're going to have to. I mean, if they're going to be paying Ronaldo's wages, they're going to need to just get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm an advocate for Pogba. I think I wouldn't get rid of him. I think he can come yeah, right and probably the right manager. Um, De Gea, I'm, I'm, I think Henderson is good, um, but can he do it at a big club? if you want to call it a big club, the pressure is different. It is very different to Sheffield United. Um, I still have no clue why he's being selected for England. It, it is Gareth Southgate typified by that call-up. The man hasn't kicked a ball this season and he still gets called up. Um, and actually has a chance of starting, I think, or is Pope starting, I'm not too sure. I do think... I do think Pogba, I think Pogba on his day is a game changer. And I know it is on his day, but I just think there's a play in there that a good manager can 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 make right. Um, oh. Is only the man to do that. I'm not so certain. 
Um, and is Mourinho that person? Mourinho is either that person or he's completely the opposite person because I think that's sort of, I think he was written off by, by, by Mourinho. And when you get written off, you get written off. But I think if you could bring in someone with an open mind, I think Pogba is the type of player with his at his age and what you spend for him as well. I just don't see how they're going to just flog him. Um, I, don't, I don't see it. Business, but for a business decision, I don't think it makes sense. Um, mm. And I do think he can, he can, he can come right. Just my opinion. De Gea is still world class. Yeah. Are they going to try and go yeah. <coughs> another route? Um, De Gea has saved them so many times. Mm. It will be tough just to you chuck see, him. You see, um, I don't, I don't need to say anything more. Um, Nick said everything. I agree with Nick 100. percent I can't, I can't fault Nick's arguments. <laughs> David De Gea is the, well, um, has been the best goalkeeper in the Premier League for the last 10 years. Um, and he's been what, in so many team, team of the seasons. He won pre, uh, player of the season four years in a row. Um, yeah, man, like he's, you can't, you, can't, you can't sell him. You know what I mean? Um, he's earned his um, wages, his current wages. Um, the, the opportunity for him to leave was uh, when Real Madrid wanted him. <laughs> and the fax machine didn't work. Uh, but Rimmer, but yeah, Silo, what do you do with what do you do with Henderson then? What, what what's nah, the his, situation? Uh, listen, Henderson Henderson felt that he could he could challenge De Gea. Um, loan him out. They wanted to loan him out probably, uh, but I think Henderson to to stay and, and challenge De Gea. Um, and I feel that um, he should actually be given another loan because he's twenty three years old, guys. He's yeah, 23. he should learn. Um, he's he's yeah. He came through the Man United development. Um, it's a long term project with with, with him. Um, he can come back at, at the age of 25. He can go for a, a two-year loan somewhere and come back at the age of 25. De Gea will probably be 33 then. Yeah, probably 33 by then. Um, and then, yeah, and then maybe he can, um, you know, um, slot in um, slowly. Yeah. But do a 50-50. You know, he can do a Champions League. You know, like how, um, was it Diego Lopez and uh, Ike Casillas at, at Madrid? Um, the one would huh. keep Champions League, Copa del Rey, and the other one would keep in the league. They can do that in two years' time, but for now, as as Nick said, like keeping for Sheffield and keeping for Man United, it's not it's not the same thing. You know what I mean? And De Gea has gone through that hard yard keeping for Man United, like when you were still like very thin and you know having having challenges in the air and everything, and he worked through those challenges and then he became a top keeper. So Henderson still has a long way to go, man. He's still young. He must go and learn. Um, yeah, that's what I feel. And then Pogba. Yeah, man, Pogba. It's a um, yeah, man. I've 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 been shouted at on on Twitter for defending Pogba. People were calling me names and and yeah, man. Where's and, Where's Nick? Where Why isn't Nick backing you up? He always defends him on the show. And, I don't know. You hiding there in Twitter on the tweet streets? Yeah. These are these are these are these are like Man United, you know, Twitter Twitter um, Twitter streets where uh, yeah. guys are tweeting about Pogba <laughs> and saying they should go or whatever. But listen, Pogba has had what four seasons, I think, at Man United. Um, and of those four, that's a long time. He's been he's been fully fit for three and a and a and a quarter. Let's say three and a quarter, three and a half seasons, where the half was last season. And he had one of his best seasons where he made the Premier League um, team of the season. Um, he was the best player in the Europa League. Man United second. He scored sixteen right. goals, had ten assists. Um, he beat Jaya Torres' record of of most goals for, for 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 in the last whatever. But at the end of the day. He's a world-class player, but Solskjaer doesn't know how to use him. And Solskjaer, the, yeah. and Solskjaer the biggest problem right now, this is my last point, this is my last point with, with Solskjaer. Mm. Solskjaer 
has two players for one position at center back and at center mid. So basically, Maguire and um, Lindelof, right? Those two are basically playing basically for one spot. If you, if you understand what I'm saying, if they had a, another capable defender next to them, right? And then in front of them, Fred and McTominay, those two shouldn't be playing together. You know what I mean? So then he's overcompensating for, 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 <laughs> for the spines errors. And then he's obviously putting in um, Lindelof. And, you know, and, and if, if, if they had a, a better centre-back, then Pogba would actually probably start in the midfield because you don't have to now protect Lindelof and Maguire. Mm, mm, mm. Marcus asked all the hard questions there. Sorry, Mosse, you go ahead. To me, it's like um, if you're like a, a Man United manager, like um, or the the management at ownership at Man United, how would you consider it? Would you rather sell Pogba and De Gea or let go of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Maybe no, you might get a, a yeah. Maybe you might get a coach which is uh, credible enough and has uh, experience to actually manage players like De Gea and Pogba to actually bring the best out of them. And I don't know how how they'd weigh up the value of letting those two go versus keeping the, the manager. No, true. I agree. Because the thing with um, with, uh, with with Solskjaer is Solskjaer is a manager who's done well in Norway, right? That's Norway. You know what I mean? Um, Pogba is a player who won man of the match in the World Cup and has gone to a Champions League with Juventus. And then De Gea is a player who's done, who's done well in the Premier League, you know what I mean? So they have shown their potential. Whereas Solskjaer had, what, was it Cardiff City that he coached in the Premier League and he got them relegated, you know what I mean? So his yeah. credentials in the Premier League is not great. You know I mean, whereas um, uh, De Gea has credentials in the Premier League and Pogba has um, one fantastic season in the Premier League. So they actually have credentials. So I feel yeah. that Solskjaer that should yeah. go. Look, quick, quick, quick uh, answer to what Mosa was saying. You flog both, dude. You get rid of them both. Bring in a Pochettino. Let him start again. We know the amount of money spent on Pogba was big. It was a price tag that was hung over his head. We know this. He hasn't been able to live up to the expectation. He's had one out of four good seasons, technically, apart from playing for his country, where he had better players and a manager who knew this guy's a bit of a crybaby. Give him the toys to play with. He's going to have a good game. We know that happened. I don't, I don't we know we know. United that hasn't happened. I don't understand, I understand why you say he's a crybaby. Um, you should go back My and um, look at. You should you should go back, and look at the, you should go back. But you're not interested in all of this. You should go back to the World Cup video where he's talking in the change room and tell me is that cry baby speaking in the change room? What? In the change room, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the change room, in the front with the is people that, that speak the same that, language. Is that cry baby who's speaking in, in, the, in the change room for the national? Selo, uh, Selo. Send me and home from in front my, of my family. Sorry, sorry, Musa, okay. I want to finish. I want to finish. Yeah. You send me home in front of my family, I'm going to be loud. I'm going to be proud. You send me in front of somewhere else, maybe it's going to take me a while to adjust the scenario and maybe not be so comfortable and be so brazen. Yes, Musa, what are you going to say? If you, if Man United were to get a Pochettino, who's to say Pochettino wouldn't want to get a Pogba? That's my thinking. Like, yeah. If you have a quality coach there, he'd probably want a Pogba and a De Gea in that squad, especially at Man United right now with um, those positions would have to then get filled by players that you aren't really sure or can give you the highest performance. Where Pochettino, Pochettino would rather re- rely on their performances to actually build a structure. I've got a solution. Team. I've got a solution. I've got a solution. And he's a legend for your club. He's an absolute legend. Won the title. 
There's only one Stevie Bruce. Bring him both. 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 Bring him Bring him both. Bring him him from what I heard at the time, whether it was true or not, uh, Pogba left and Solis Ferguson didn't want him there. That's not true. Is that, is that what, what was the case? Why did he leave he, when he first left? He left, he left because of his bloody agent, Mina Raiola. That is that, ah. that's the problem. What happened was Pogba um, was obviously the best player in his, in his youth team, right? And then yeah. he was um, starting to train with the, with, the, with the first team. And as he was starting to train with the first team, um, he had, he got some minutes in the league cup um, as a sub, you know what I mean. And then obviously they were saying, okay, cool, Pogba's going to be the he's going to be the next person who's coming from the from development. Then what happened was Man United had all these injuries, right? And then Selassie played a game. I can't remember who it was, but he played um, players out of position. So he played um, Jisung Park in the centre. I think I remember he, that one. Yes, and, and he yeah. also played um, a Raphael as well in the midfield. You know what I mean? So he played. Yes. Is out of position where I think Pogba was like, "Hey man, listen, I'm the best guy in the, in the academy, right? But he should be playing because he's got all these injuries." Then, then even Skulls came back from from retirement. You know what I mean? So he was yeah. like, "Nah, man, this is not good for me." Like, listen, these guys are have like an injury crisis where Carrick is out and all these other players are out. Anderson is out, and I should be coming in and getting some minutes, you know. And this guy's not showing the faith in me. And obviously, Juventus yeah. is in Juventus is saying, "Hey man, listen." You, we want you. You're gonna be the um, say, um, you know, the main guy in our team. You got a starting spot. And what happens? He leaves, goes to Juventus. Does exceptionally uh, well. He's pivotal yeah. in the center of it uh, with the rotation yeah. of Marquisio, Vidal, and Apollo. The four of them obviously rotate. All right, let's and- let's solve this. Let's solve this by a show of hands. Who thinks Pogba should stay at United? Raise your hand. All right, there you got it. Four out of seven, guys. Pogba stays. That's how it happens in goal lounge. I mean, United <laughs> do this last. We'll let them know. Um, we'll let better watch this. <laughs> Marcus um, has Nick. a point. R- Raval Morrison was the, was the next big thing to come out of United. Ferguson said he was the most talented player he'd ever seen in the academy. That's, that's, that's true. But I, I'm trying to think if they were in the same, in the same year. They were because I've seen Instagram photos yeah, of them they were, in the same yeah. team. But yeah, Raval Morrison, Raval Morrison didn't have the mentality to. The yeah, mentality, yeah. They were in the same. Yeah. They were in the same yeah. team, and 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 with, and with Lingard and Jesse Lingard, yeah. But Raval and Morrison really, did it, score a great goal at White Hart Lane, so I'll, I'll give him that one. Raval Morrison <laughs> didn't win the World Cup. He hasn't been in the Champions League finals. It's all nice hearsay and stuff, but like. You, you don't necessarily need um, just hearsay about uh, what people can do and they to assess their capabilities. You actually have to see them win things and mm-hmm. actually get Absolutely. performances under the belt, and Absolutely. that's what it's about. Like uh, Pogba's move away from Man United probably helped his career uh, tenfold. Absolutely. Similar to Salah leaving a, a Chelsea type of structure, it wasn't yeah. going to be best fit or even De Bruyne. Like they need, they need. Uh, sometimes that's why Central. you loan out players that are young. Yeah, exactly. That are that have the 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 potential, but haven't been able to express it and fit into a team where already the matured players are in, taken favor of. So sometimes you need to give them the opportunity to go venture outwards and go Not do true. the best where they are. And if they win everything, then those are good players. That's that's a, the mark of a good player. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree. And on that note, I think uh, that was a good note to end on. Thank you very much, Mosa. 
Next topic that we're going to talk about that some people have asked us are the realistic types of challenges apart from Liverpool and apart from Man City. Look, look at Matt getting <laughs> in the chair. Which other sides in the league, uh, bar from West, sorry, West Ham and Nick, um, which other sides in the league can really tie the challenge for the title? Under Nick, this we're winning the league, Nick. Really you throw Arsenal in that, in that statement with, with Rich and with Yeah, Rich actually, and come on, Flavio. You, you got yeah, to say that's the way they have I have a better chance than Arsenal. Definitely have a better chance than Arsenal. Yeah, no, After for what sure. I saw against sure. Villa. What I, what I saw against Villa. Oh. Yo, one guy, this must be tough times, bro. Guys, if, if anything happens, if anything that comes from the show, at least Scott and Marcus are now best friends. That's the good news. And I suppose the question I've got to re-ask is, can Spurs and Chelsea really be the guys to challenge Liverpool and City? Are they at that point where this can happen? Because we know Liverpool and Man City are coming down from their peak. So if ever there was an opportunity, including the injuries that Liverpool are currently facing, are Chelsea and Tottenham the teams to do it? We are not challenging. We are our top spots. Uh, we are not even challenging anymore. There's a question about Chelsea. I think, I think Chelsea could be title contenders, right? Only because of the madness that's happening this season, right? But yes. in any other season, I wouldn't see them as title contenders, but just because the madness and they just have um, a lot of attacking options. And I think yes. Thiago as a signing is obviously very pivotal and they need to keep him fit because if, because Kurt Zuma now... And looks, Mendy, and Mendy. Looks, looks, looks amazing now. Kurt Zuma looks amazing all of a sudden, but it's because he's playing mm. with a, a partner, you know what I mean? Like Joe Gomez looks good with Van Dijk, you know what I mean? He looks amazing, you know what I mean? He looks top, top three defenders in, 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 in the Premier League when, when, he's, when he's playing with Van Dijk, you know what I mean? So similarly with, with Zuma, Zuma is like, he's, he's amazing now, you know what I mean? And that's because mm. of Keep Thiago Silva fit, um, and obviously Edward uh, Edward Mendy because obviously Kepa if he comes in we know that's five goals hey, guaranteed. Every shot is a game. It's a goal, um, yeah. But I think I think, I think it's Chelsea be interesting can... interesting now with Liverpool's injuries. I think yeah. um, uh, they've obviously they've oh, got yeah. a great chance still, but it's just it's just you know shaking everything up. I think all the teams around Liverpool will be smiling. They'll be licking their lips because you know defensively we know they're not the same. I mean, they've mm. lost now. Gomez, um, obviously Van Dijk. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that they won't go on and challenge because they they will. They'll be there right till the end. But I think yeah. this is really an opportunity for a, a Man City to come to the party, a Chelsea to come to the party, a Spurs to come to the party, and that is all I think. Um, I think only four can win it. I think Spurs have a great chance, and I, I would personally love Mourinho to go and do it. Um, and I just think. He's never really been at a team where he doesn't go on and win something in his second season, at least. So, mm. uh, are the stars aligning? I think they might be. There's a long road ahead, but I think they've got the personnel. If they can keep their players fit, if they can keep the goals out the back, I think they've got every chance. Spurs, are, I'm putting my money on Spurs, but I think those four are the realistic ones. And Matt, how do you feel about Nick backing your side? Oh, it's great, you know. It means the world. <laughs> and you, know, you know what? When you won the league, all I can say is that you couldn't beat us. So that just makes us just as good as, uh, good as you guys. <laughs> yeah. You guys are just, just like uh, league winners as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
West Ham as well. So we, we pretty much won the league then as well. If, if that happens. Yeah, yeah. We'll take it. We'll take it. Just the trophy's not in your cabinet, uh, <laughs> it's, it's It's all here. It's all here. It's all here. I'm alive. Oh, man. I'm yeah, super Matt- excited for Chelsea's chances. I think... Um, yeah, like uh, as as Silo uh, uh, mentions, some teams are lacking the firepower, and those injuries cost them. Whereas now with us, yo, even with injuries in the front, we don't look like we're missing a player. We could have anybody injured, but there still be options. If Abrams gets injured, there's um, uh, the French guy who's a tall yeah. French left footer. Giroud can come in and actually give you a good performance if needed. If uh, Pulisic is out, there's a mount. If any of these players in the front are injured, there's an option. The back is looking great with the signings that we've got. Uh, we don't we don't concede every every shot that gets taken us, at us with a kip and go. It's 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 worked out very very ideally. And the the like Liverpool have suffered a big uh, loss by losing uh, Virgil Van Dijk. Man United haven't got their best form at the moment. Tottenham they're still also kind of. Struggling to to find the best uh, the best from like team and best approach to a game. Uh, Arsenal are just Arsenal. They 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 just they you can't see an Arsenal winning a league with all the other teams that are there to compete, and that actually has created a lot more opportunity for Chelsea than I would have expected at the beginning of the season. I thought this season was going to be required to transition all the players that are coming into the team to actually create results for next season. But because nobody else has made a significant run away with the with the season, we have a slot now. We have a very, very good chance. It's got that yeah, fairy tale feel about it this season. I think there's definitely a chance of uh, a dark horse coming in and winning it because, you know, it's got that Leicester City title feel. There's no clear outright runaway team after eight yeah. games, which is really refreshing yeah. to see. So, yeah, so I think it could be an interesting season. No, no, no! Come on, we gotta be, we gotta be realistic here. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I injured, guys. Lionel Messi of 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 of. of Lord, we were going to win the league until Antonio got injured, but now we'll we'll, we'll just push for top four. It's yes, fine. the Messi, the Messi <laughs> of Newcastle United. Thank you for mentioning the guy, the runaway train, guys. One of the other of questions course. I was asked during the week was that. So we've got we've got the whole injury now that's happened to Gomez. But prior to the injury, the question was: Do Liverpool stick, put faith in the squad that they have, the youngsters possibly, and moving Fabinho to centre back, or do they go out and buy new players in January? Now, Marcus has already pointed out the question, saying Liverpool will definitely go looking for a player. I think the issue now that we have is that clubs Liverpool love being being the ones with all the chips when they're doing negotiation negotiations. Sorry, now they're going to find themselves in a situation where that club, uh, clubs can actually exploit them and charge overcharge them more than what they, they normally pay for players, which is an interesting thing. So whether or not I think they will go do it, I think that's going to be the big stumbling block. I know they're looking at Upa, Upa well, how you pronounce his name, Scott? I know you're listening Upa, to this. Upa Meccano. Upa Meccano, yes, from Red yeah, Bull. They're please. looking at um, the other player from Schalke. I forgot his name right now. They're looking at Where's Ben Kula? White from Leeds United. And then Kula, they're looking Kula at... Bali. Has Kulabali fallen off the, the radar? No one's talking yeah. about him anymore. No, Kulabali is long gone, largely because he's turning 30 and Napoli are asking 90 million pounds for him. So that's uh, just never going to yeah. happen for any club, really. Not at this stage, especially under the current climate. So what, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? David Alaba, eh? Um, David Alaba and um, Jerome Boateng, they're not, Bayern is not renewing the contracts. So they'll be Yo, free. Jerome. 
Yeah, Jerome. So there'll be free agents at the end of the season, guys. So those two defenders, David Alaba is 29. Um, Liverpool can definitely try there. Uh, but but I think his wages are a bit exorbitant. That's why Bayern didn't yeah. want to give him a yeah. contract because they had an offer on the table and he wanted a higher offer. And then they said, I ah, know we can't we can't meet um, you know, a halfway, and then yeah, they, then they said they, they, they're not offering him anything else. Listen, so I think he will bring, he will bring incredible quality to the team. But things exactly, could be worse. Yeah. You could be linked with Harry Maguire. At least you're not linked with him. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> he's on his head. Like, like Marcus he's a, he's would say, he's a costa for the team. He's a costa for the team. Logic is his head's too heavy for his body. Runs around like a bobblehead. Um, you know, talking about, I know we. I just want to talk a little bit about the Gomez injury and why this is actually such a such poor timing for the poor guy. In total, he's missed 97 games playing for Liverpool, largely because of three main injuries that he's had, two of which he sustained on international duty, which is actually one of the reasons why I mentioned this prior. Um, and the first of those injuries, by the way, was the result playing at under-21s under Gareth Southgate. So whatever the hell that guy's doing in his training on his warm-ups, they're clearly fucking up the Oaks knees. I don't know what the hell's going on. The only thing is I'm, I'm pretty like bummed about the whole scenario because at 23 years old, he's always he's partnered with more than five players at centre-back and he's always been successful, right? He's played across the line at the back. He's played left-back, right-back. He's played in the centre-back playing three positions. And this is the first opportunity now with Van Dijk being out and Lovren leaving where he became the senior player in the, in the partnership. Yeah. Lovren's, Lovren's laughing now. <laughs> Lovren's having a good laugh. He's having a good laugh at the situation now. He's yeah, like, they, didn't, like, hey, they didn't appreciate me. They didn't love me. Exactly. And now exactly. 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 <laughs> I, I still think we'd be probably better off without him. Yeah. No, but you guys, you guys definitely need to sign a defender, man, because Fabinho, Matip, Matip, you know, he's um, he's not 100%, man. You know what I mean? Matip could... Just came from injury. He could take a walk to the shop and, and get injured. You know what I mean? So, mm. I think you need to make a signing because Matip will definitely get injured in the next three months. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. The guys he's he's, the, type, he's the type to drop an egg on his leg and he'd get an injury from that. Okay, man, don't say that about Matip, please. I've, I've met the guy. He's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, I promise you. And he's a little celebration. Have you ever seen a player? Everyone, everyone's going crazy and he's going like this by himself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, to, to move on. So what we're going to do, we're going to discuss one of the questions that was asked is who has been the player of the season so far? Rich. So, so, no, so no Henderson. Yeah, look, the Henderson. Right. So you so want to you want to discuss it? Yeah, but you can't be discussing my team, and then now we we need to ask discuss questionable players in Liverpool. All right, okay. So the question <laughs> was, guys. The question <laughs> is, Celo is right. reeling it back, and he's throwing the bait out. He wants the fish to take an, a little nibble. One of the questions asked was, does a Henderson get game time? And I'm looking at you now, Jason. Does a Henderson get game time when everyone's fit? When Cater's fit, Thiago's fit, as well as Ronaldo, uh, yeah. Genie, and Vinaldo. 100%. And, and, Fabi- and Fabinho playing centre mid, not at the back. Yeah. So does he get game time? Well, Fabinho, so Fabinho been, uh... won't be able to play centre mid now if uh, Van Dijk is gone. That's so really No, no, no. But say the team's fully fit. The question is if the midfield is, if all the players are available, does Henderson get game time? I've got my answer to this, but I'm curious to see what uh... your thoughts are. I, I think he does. does. 
I think yeah, he does 100%. too. I think he's one of the most underrated players. That's just my opinion. I don't know why people don't like Henderson, but the he's job he does. He's from Sunderland. What are you talking about? The job, the job that he does, it's never, <laughs> it's never, it's never pretty. It's never pretty, he's, but that man will never give the ball away. He'll never give he's the ball away. He's neat and tidy. He does the job. I, I think he's, he's I think unwashed. he's so underrated. I think he's underrated. He's my, my problem, he like with team. Henderson, is like when I when I saw the the signing of Thiago um, Alcantara over to Liverpool, I then saw a problem for Henderson because you, you mentioned that he doesn't uh, give the ball away. Thiago Alcantara doesn't also give the ball away. He's professional and clean. Thiago Alcantara is also very, very professional and clean. And sure. he can offer as much as Henderson, but just offer you a little Even bit more. more. No, yeah, I and that's... That. But Henderson also, I think Henderson has a job that's more than just playing the game. It's also... Off the yes. field as well. That guy's driving the team. He's literally telling yes. everyone what to do, where to be. He's, he's, he's encouraging them. He's 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 that he's he's the he's the coach's reflection. He's literally Jurgen Klopp on the field, basically. Yeah, there's true. no ways. And I, you need those kind of players from time to time. Yeah, like I I oh, I, was, I agree that geez, if you're looking at it, Thiago uh, Silva, uh, not Thiago Silva, Thiago uh, Alcantara, take take Henderson off, put him on, but. If you're looking at what Henderson um, Henderson offers as a whole, you need that you need that through a whole season. You can't do yeah. someone dying. That guy's gonna yeah. be that person through the whole season. I, you put that I guy on the pitch. There's no way. I do with Wonga because Henderson um, he's, he's he's one of the players that that have been there the longest at Liverpool. Mm. You know, he's from the he's gone through Dalglish, um, Roy Hodgson, all those rubbish yeah. managers. And he's gone through Brendan Rodgers as well, <laughs> and you know, so so at least he's he's played under at least half decent and a half decent manager at, at Liverpool once, and then now he's the captain. You know what I mean? And he's leading by example. You know what I mean? I yeah. I think that is one thing that I, that I'll give Henderson is is the fact that he's the driving force for Liverpool as yeah. the leader, but he does have sh- certain shortcomings um, in terms of maybe that that when you look at Alcantara on the field, that maybe Alcantara is a is a Naturally gifted player. Naturally gifted player. Maybe maybe Alcantara and He's not going sideways all the time or backwards. And exactly what Musa said. Eh? And Alcantara and, and a Fabinho with a with a Keita or a or a or a what's this or a or a Wijnaldum, uh, would be would be a, um, a natural balance. But I don't think you can you can you can you can, you can uh, leave out Henderson in the big games because he's the leader. Hundred yeah. percent. And and and, and here and here's my take on it. It's him and Van Dijk, and, if, and now with Van Dijk not being there, Henderson is the only leader in the team. Yeah, no, exactly. it's Henderson, not even him and Van Dijk. It is Henderson. It's hundred percent Henderson. And here's here's the thing about yeah yeah here's 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 the thing, guys. Henderson, you got, you mentioned it perfectly. He's gone through his career has molded him into this type of player. The the success he's had in recent times with Liverpool has validated him as a player and has given him this newfound confidence. Under Klopp, he didn't start from the beginning. Now yeah, he's, he's there. When he doesn't play for Liverpool, when Liverpool do not have him on the pitch, I'm going to emphasize that, the intensity isn't at the Klopp's intensity. And the yeah. Klopp's got levels. There's, there's football. That's before there's Thiago Alcantara. No, 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 no. But wait, 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 wait. Even Thiago. So now Thiago, for me, Thiago's issue, if we've got to look at man for man, Thiago's a flipping fantastic player. can pick a pass anyway. He's already broken a record within 45 minutes in terms of having the most passes in a, in a first half or in a second half, rather. But what, what Thiago does is he can slow the game down to his own to his own pace, which works and it can help unlock teams when they're sitting deeper. 
what Henderson does is Henderson makes sure that every single player is on their toes. Yeah. Like I said, when, when and to, to what Zeller was saying, no Van Dyke. Van Dyke's a great leader, but Henderson's the engine in the middle of the park that just keeps them going, <laughs> keeps them ticking over. So that's, that's my thought team. over it. I think, Claudio, you know, there's even, I watched a clip even of, I think probably guys also bumped Ooh. into it as well on social media, where obviously now you can hear everyone. You can hear everyone um, on the field. And they just showed the clips of Henderson. And it's like, dude, it's everything. I mean, it's even if the guy wins the ball, congratulates them. Every single effort the guy, I mean, geez, I'll, I'll be just tired by telling everyone to do that. I mean, just by referring to every single um, action someone takes it's it's incredible even off the ball he's doing that and i mean some people some people need that in in in, in those games and, and and i think you know, to, to take that off i think jürgen klopp thinks long and hard if he's going to take mm. henderson off the field if he's not going to start that guy he thinks long and hard about that i mean like i i'm, I'm not gonna lie i think every liverpool fan have had their moments where when things were going well you go ah. You know, things are going well, but, you know, we, we need that little bit extra something. Maybe if we dropped Henderson. Then Henderson got injured. And then all of a sudden we start watching Liverpool and we're like, wait a minute, there's something, <laughs> there's something missing. They're like, yeah, what's going on? What's going on? And then you see Henderson sitting on the side going, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. he's not happy. He's not happy. The, way, the face he's pulling was the same face, mirrored Jurgen Klopp's face. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but let's, let's talk about just quick show of hands. We're not going to go in depth about it because some guys are falling asleep here. We got Pogba versus Henderson. Who do you guys take in your squad? And I'm talking about your personal squads. Hold on. Your personal squads. Your personal squads. So they're, so they're so different. They're so different, though. Marcus, Scott has asked a question. Raise Pogba. your hands. I can't, win a I can't win a Champions League with Henderson. I can't win a World Cup with Henderson. Pogba. So Pogba for okay, Pogba. No, 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 no. Mosa, how can you say this? I thought you knew Pogba. something. Henderson has won a Champions League. I thought, I thought League. supposed to. I, I can't, I said. Like, my team. I was my to show hands for a question that there's two answers. Like, what are yeah, we no, hands no. I write the two names on my hands and you show it up like this. <laughs> <laughs> Pogba's the right hand and left hand is uh, Henderson. <laughs> right hand. <laughs> All right, guys. Wh who's been the best player of the season so far? Jack Grealish. Harry Kane. I can, I can agree with Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish. Seven goals and eight assists. He's contributed to 15 goals of their 19. How can he not be the mm. best? It's true. 15 goals. Because Aston Villa came from like competing to, to survive last season and now Aston Villa is the Aston Villa that could be competing for top spot in the next game and it's all because of Jack Grealish's uh, assist and actual goals. Jack Grealish has benefited yeah. from having Barkley and Watkins around him. I think yeah, Watkins is Yeah, but he kept the team alive. He kept the team alive, which is so crazy. Hundred percent. I agree. I agree with 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 Nick and 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 obviously with Moss is obviously backing what I'm saying. I feel it's Jack Grealish because he's taken a team that almost got relegated, that um, secured survival on the last day, and like they playing such good football. You know, what I mean, they they beat the champions seven two, and he was a vital player in that seven two. They beat um, some other um, second grade team in North London that used to be great. Three no, you know. <laughs> um, you know? <laughs> Guys, it is the season. I can't wait. He's really proven himself, and and he's like they they they're talking about him and saying that hey, actually, guys, I think actually Jack Grealish is actually worth sixty million pounds because you remember that that used to be the whole the the, the debate and saying 
is Jack Grealish really worth 60 million pounds that, that Aston Villa want? And people are saying it's actually worth it because he's proving it. Whereas McCane, I, I don't, he is, he's, he's top three players so far this season, but I feel that Kane is Kane. You know, I mean? the only thing he's added is assists um, to his game that, that, that we already knew. You know, what I mean, so I'm just maybe looking at it from a, a point of view of um, who's had more impact for their team. Whereas Kane, yeah. it's and so on. But, mm. but, not and, really. Know, Eight assists. Zillow. No, but it's eight, and goals. And goals. Look, and goals. Seven and eight. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's not had an impact. I'm saying it's Kane and Son. It's not. Okay, no, gotta, but, but no, 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 guys, no, no. Guys, guys, is the question. Let's, let's be honest here. Is the question who's the surprise of the season or who's the best player? And he didn't have. Wait, wait, wait. What's the question? Who's the surprise of the season? Jack Grealish. I think that's what everyone's saying. No, player no, of the no, season no, so far. No surprise. So he's, what? Was he expected to be their best player? I think Kane's done more than Grealish this season in terms of okay. overall he's, play. He's the best player. St- statistics, stats don't lie. Guys. No, but guys, I'm going to always look at stats. <laughs> like last season, like last season, Jordan... Yes, Jordan like you can't look at Grealish's goal-scoring Jordan, abilities Jordan, Jordan versus Henderson Kane. Jordan Henderson won player of the season, but his stats were, were nowhere. But the best stats were the best... But Jordan Henderson won player of the season. So if you look at stats, then that means that Jordan Henderson is crap. But it's not that. Jordan Henderson is the driving force for, 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 for Liverpool to win the league. So yeah, but Henderson's not, not expected to score or get assists. Grealish is. Yeah. No, but I'm saying Henderson is supposed and to doing get, it. get assists, at least. At least and, as Kane, a, and Kane's doing it better than Grealish. But I'm saying so, that Grealish <laughs> is driving force for his team, guys. Yeah. So who drives no, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. That's the thing. Spurs have like uh, six, six or seven players in the front six that can actually drive. Son has scored uh, a hat trick already this season. He's scored a couple of braces. There's a lot of other players that can support the the the, the caliber of uh, a Kane there, or give Kane opportunities to express himself. Whereas Grealish has to literally carry the team on his shoulder. He carry them from uh, relegation battles to to this point. I'm, I'm not faulting. I'm not faulting. Got, they've got McGinn, they've got Barkley, they've got Oli Watkins. They're not a they're not a one man show, Villa. I'm not faulting. Same question before. Would you be a hand thing? Would you take Kane or Grealish in your side if you're going for the Champions League? Because I'll take Kane every day, and I know I'll, I'll take right. Kane. Yes, Kane. Okay, I would take Kane. I'll take your answer. Your Kane or Grealish? Which one are you taking? Can I wait in here, guys? Play the season so far. Cool. Okay, I just want to say this. I want to say, if you're looking based on everything that Silo's saying, like in terms of impact and things like that, if we take into consideration what Graylish is doing with the side, like Aston Villa, Aston Villa, who just survived relegation last season, fantastic. He's also, remember the influence he's having on all the players around him. If we're looking at a Harry Kane, the, the thing apart, and I know Nick, Rich, now Matt's waiting on this, the, the talking is the, the assists and the goals. And Celo is somewhat downplaying it because he's playing with a player like Son. The irony is what Kane has done, the, the, what Kane has done is he's reinvented himself as a player. He's not just a typical number nine, and he's actually falling into like a nine and a half. He's almost playing like a number 10. The way in which he is picking out a song, song isn't as good without Kane. That's, that's fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and the same as how Grealish is lifting the whole squad. What Kane has done for me is like we've seen a player for years, season in, season out. He's scored now. He's reached his 150 goals, which is another milestone. Very consistent. And now yeah. he's reinvented himself after how many seasons. For me, I think that is 
dude, would I take a great leash right now? Of course I would. He's, for me, he's more exciting to watch. But in terms of if we're talking about adaption and talking about what he's doing, I think, and also having a newfound father in, in the form of Mourinho. Oh, flip, I can't, I can't say no to, to Harry Kane. Uh, that's he just, not needs, me. he just needs to spend more time on his feet because as good as a, a player he is, I just think he drops to the ground far too easily he for died, someone. He, he's, I, can't, he's I can't stand it. Sorry, um, Matt. I, I just, I can't yeah. stand it sometimes. It's, like he, it's, so, right. it's got so bad. It's got so nah, bad. Don't apologize. It's horrible. Rich, like, Rich, 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 yeah. Rich is, Rich is, he's almost, he's, Rich, he's almost <laughs> as bad as, he's almost as bad as Salah. He's almost as bad as yeah. Salah. And that, 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 you know, that you're falling, you're falling every single time to the ground. Because yeah. Salah is, okay, actually the biggest diver that, <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny about United talking about getting unfair penalties. Like, Premier League is the biggest diver in the Premier League, and then and then Salah, and then now it's Kane. You know what I mean? And it's not, and it's not pretty to watch, man. It's not I suppose, good. like, if, if we are going to go into the, the Graylish thing, what's interesting is if you're looking at all his stats so far in these first eight games, the stats that he's been coming up with in terms of ball carries, in terms of assists or chances created. He's actually in, in the same talk or in the same fold as a Salah and Kane. The only two players in one or two of the other stats that are better than him are a Salah and a Kane, which also shows that the making of this player, whoever does not, if the United don't come in for him at the end of the season, I'm going to be mind blown. That's, that's yeah, the, that's the he's, he's signed a new five-year five contract. Five contract, guys. Come on, they're going to want 100 million now. How do you move from Villa? And he'll be worth yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah, that. and that's the consideration I'm, I'm putting at the back of my head. Like, you know, like generally good players play very well around very good players as well. They get better and better around the company they keep. Um, yes, uh, 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 Grealish has like Barkley and the rest uh, that have just joined him now at Aston Villa. But it's still a very big ship to steer, especially when you're like uh, one of three people who are going to hold the ship forward. Whereas at all these other clubs, these are what, these guys are set to compete for top four. And now that Aston Villa's there, it's like he's carrying the club to compete to there. That's what I see him as a more valuable player at this current point in time for well, then we could say Premier League. Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson's been the best ah, player then. We're having a serious chat here. Sir. He scored four goals. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. So that, that, that's perfect. No, 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 I like that. Nick, 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 I like that because let, let's talk about the next topic. And the next topic is who is the player who's actually had a, a great start to the season but he's completely underrated? That's the next question. Uh, we Callum always Wilson, know. let's go for him. No, but, yeah, but, for me, but, but, but for me, it's Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, that's had a great season and he's underrated because if I think about it, guys, like who expected Calvert-Lewin to be the leading, what, second leading goals or leading goal scorer, second leading goal scorer in the Premier League? I think he's on eight, eight goals. Tied, tied top, I think. He's tied, he's tied top with, with, with Kane and, uh, and Salah, I think, right? So yeah. he, uh, he's, he, you know, he's, he's gone into the England team um, first call up, so you can see that um, this is actually only only point where he's actually been um, hitting form because it's his first cap for England and so forth. You know, whereas Callum Wilson has played for England before, so we actually do know of his credentials. Um, but Calvert Lewin, for me, I think that's 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 the guy. Cheers, Scotty. Thanks for joining us. Bang, good point there, Silo. I like that. Um, we're gonna end off. We on our last topic, and this is gonna be nice and easy. Or is it? The first yeah, manager to get the sack. Wonga, we're losing you there. It's past your bedtime. Let us know what you're thinking. No, I'm, I'm thinking. That's the thing. I honestly, I look at this question and I, 
Okay, I don't right. know. I think, to be honest with you, I think every manager makes it till the end of the season, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will never. Ole, 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 Ole. Ole, Ole. Especially with Pochettino talk, the, the players. But who, like, who gets Even that? these considerations of the players leaving. Okay, the first, the top, if I look at the top six. I think I think like, first... I, I know everyone says Ole's gonna go. I don't think Ole's gonna be gone. I think he's gonna the stay first... there the whole season next year. The even. first the first person yeah. who should, should the first person who should, who should get sacked is Steve Bruce, but he won't get sacked. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing okay yeah. there, man. Yeah. I just don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I would love I would love for him to be sacked. <laughs> I think I think uh, for me, I think it's gonna be um, Ole. Or well, if we're looking at the bottom of the table, I think you're right, Matt. I think a Bilic or a Sean Dyche are in a bit of trouble. Yeah, I think Bilic is one of the bottom teams. Yeah, I think Bilic. I think he looks the most at risk to me at the bottom. I think Dyche has earned quite a lot of goodwill with Burnley, so I think they'll stick with him till quite late. I think they'll probably end up going down with him and then sack him in the off season. I think Bilic could go. He's the kind of man we've seen him before at West Ham and other places where he's he's a he goes through streaks and he's in a bad rut with with West Brom. They're not looking like they're going to change anything. They look like a side on the way down. I think they'll they'll twist early. They'll probably be the first that will will trigger a string of other like bottom and mid table sides getting rid. Um, but I think Bilic looks good to go first because Ole should be first. If he wasn't Solskjaer, I think he'd have gotten sacked first. But the, the the fact that he's the old boy, the golden boy, um, I think he'll he'll end up sticking about longer than he should, which will damage United's season. I think Billich will go first. Um, I don't think Ole will make it to the end of the season, but I don't think he'll go first either. Yeah, I think Scott Parker is also in trouble as well. <laughs> he'll dance on all that game. But is he not? I think he's like a he's a Mr. Fulham though. I think he's loved there. The fans love him. Oh. I think they would mm. they would maybe go down with him and even try again. No, um, you know the I thing is he's in that mold. the thing is at Fulham, <laughs> at Fulham they they run by a clown. They run by this this guy. I think he's only a couple of years older than us, and he's like he owns like some NFL side oh. and he just makes his, yeah, Jack, he's so impulsive he also, with these decisions. He owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, he's there we go. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a American Pakistani. Yeah, they they they're not they clashed, but he 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 was he tweeted something about not signing a centre back and whatever and all that mm. nonsense. And, yeah, um, after him, him and Parker, him and Parker don't get on though as well. Yeah, that's, that's why, right. that's why, yeah, that's why exactly. I could see I could see him uh, getting the sack, especially if they don't pick up any results. Especially if <laughs> Lookman's trying to do a Penenka against Fabianski. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what, what chance do you have? What chance do you have? <laughs> On that note, on that note, let's give a little shout out to Banf- Banford for obviously Jason. That's a good shout for in terms of players who's being underrated at the moment, and um, yeah. that pretty much wraps up our show for today. Can we just for a minute? Um, someone was saying that should Banford get picked for the for, for, for England, and I was like, Nick would be very angry if Banford got in before Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. No comment. No comment. <laughs> oh, at least Wilson's been there before. He's he's got a taste of English uh, playing national yeah. team. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully we see him at the Euros. Right, lads. It's it's, a, it's always a pleasure when we're catching up. Uh, say your final words, and then we we'll head out. See you next Thank week. You. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks for the Ole comments, Jed. the end. Ole Gunnar won't even last till the end. <laughs> Ole Gunnar till the end. Thank <laughs> you guys. Till the end. Still enjoy it. Till the end. Ups and downs. <laughs> All right, cheers, everybody. You can stay with your uh, referee to the turtle dick. 